millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, this is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome to St. Petersburg. We did our first live show from uh, this fine city today. And uh, I think it went all right, don't you? Yeah, very good fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, we had a chat about our experiences so far, how we're finding everything. And, of course, the train journey. Yeah. We came from Moscow to St. Petersburg overnight on a train, and you'll hear of that all unfold. It was pretty eventful. Over the years, we've had a lot of chats with Alexei Yaroshev from Russia today. Yaroshevsky. Yaroshevsky. You'll never forget him, will you? <laughs> that's why I can't remember his name. You took but, the ski off, didn't you? I did. Well, you know, never mind. And uh, it was really good to meet him. He came down to the pub, so we had a chat with him about how the tournament's going so far. Uh, Tinsel the Turkey predicted the England result. He's so knowledgeable, Tinsel. Yeah, he he's knows tremendous. His stuff. Yeah. Really good. So, uh, well, I hope you all enjoy it. Six minutes uh, past ten. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Paul. And what a World Cup it's been so far. It's been great. No nil-nils. That's always no, a good sign. Absolutely Although, I tremendous. do remember in 1990, I hope this is not an omen, mm. the Italian 90 World Cup, everybody was raving about it, and then England played Ireland in an absolute <laughs> dog of a game, a one-all draw in the pouring rain. And then we thought, oh... Trust England to kill it. But I'm sure it won't happen tonight. I'm feeling very positive. Yes, but uh, we always the do the same thing, though, uh, the English. We're brilliant, aren't we? With no expectations. Just do your best. That's how we were. We've gone from, we're going to win it, and we'll, bless you, and we'll Harry Kane get the golden boot. That's uh, right. We've sort of right, ramped it up again, which I think is a mistake, because we've seen how difficult games are in this World Cup. So we'll see anyway. We'll plenty of that later. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back at our holiday. <laughs> well, you call it that, Andy. I don't. I do. And uh, I've decided if they really want to boost the tourist industry and open up the world, they need to drop that Cyrillic alphabet. You've decided. So basically, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of tradition should go so you can read metro signs. Basically, yes. Yeah. I'd say that's We're getting true. there, aren't we? We're kind of learning well, what the letters mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. You are. I, mean, we, we just, I think you just have to put a little bit of time in. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say... I mean, it's, we've had an interesting incident with our producer yesterday. Uh, the word for thank you is basically the only word yeah. we can, any of us can say here is spasiba. So whenever you say it, 
most of us say it, and they can tell, you know, you sound yeah, English. They, if they speak English, they'll start speaking to you. But English, our yeah. producer thanked somebody at uh, the accreditation centre yesterday and said, uh, but he must have said it in such a way, they thought, brethren, because they went into fluent Russian. So he has mastered one word to such an extent. Know, he's a local. He says, it like, he says it like a native, which is a good sign, I think. But, uh, but he was on good form yesterday in the Fan Fest, uh, which, let's face it, is an utterly grim experience. Well, it's not. It is, it it's is not it's meant horrendous. to. It's the way you like, you like watching football with a book on your lap in the dark in your underpants <laughs> just sitting there concentrating on the game not everybody consumes football like that. some people like to have a beer and enjoy it with other people no it says wrong. a lot about the kind of anti-social person you are really. no he's like me it's too he said to me at one point i hate the whole human race <laughs> blimey i agree I mean, with him he was a bit tired after the train journey but that's pushing it a bit isn't it? you know it's a, it's grim it's too loud it, it's badly dressed people standing in front of you it's zedless dj shouting let's make Make some noise. Let's do the Mexican wave. No, let's not bother. Really. For goodness <laughs> sake. And this woman kept coming up to John with a sponge hand. Yeah. And giving well, him she, a high she five. She was wearing one, obviously. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a sort of disability. That would be terrible. Every time you had a shower, one, one arm would get longer than the other, wouldn't it? Yeah. It could be. That's a new one for Stan Lee, if he's listening. Yeah. Sponge hand woman. And after about the fourth time, John said to me, I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm really not. And they kept trying to do it. You left her hanging, John. You don't do that. You're a bad influence on him. <laughs> not really. I, I just think that he, play, he plays exactly into your, your, your curmudgeonly ways. I'm not sure that's helped. No, no. David, our executive uh, football editor, says that we're two peas in the pod. I think that's fairly yeah, true. That's right. Right. And, uh, it's like hinge and bracket. <laughs> And uh, actually, it was funny. We went to the Zenit Club shop yesterday. We did, yeah. And uh, David came over with a postcard of Branislav Ivanovic. He knew I'd be quite keen on yeah. it. And, uh, you thought it was a freebie, didn't I you? I did. I went to put it in John's bag without realizing. We almost found out what happens if he shoplift in <laughs> yeah. Russia. And you're an England fan. <laughs> we did get some funny looks. We're broadcasting from the pub. And it, uh, it doesn't open till 12, but they were letting us in yeah. at 11 hour time. But obviously, just over an hour ago. But um, we were standing outside the pub. Uh, at at uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock your time, and they, they thought, typical England fans, <laughs> yeah, match day, yeah. outside the pub an hour before it starts. Doesn't open till 12 o'clock. <laughs> Donny, one of our producers, has sent us a picture from Volgograd. It's one of the supermarkets, mm. and uh, sadly, you know, when England are in town because they're not selling any alcohol, which is a great shame. I mean, I, I would back some of our lot to behave themselves. There's a few that don't, sadly, but... They can't get a drink in Volgograd, which is uh, which is sad. No, it is sad, but you know, I think it's it's understandable. And uh, this morning, of course, we've moved hotels now, which is actually good for me because in our last hotel, yep. you two got upgraded to suites. Mm. Well, I had just the ordinary room. It was, I was great. I kept that, saying so. to uh, to uh, John, if you, you've got a, an espresso machine in yours. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, it's, it's, the little, it's the little things. I've got a lovely infinity pool. <laughs> infinity pool that looks over the Moscow River. And Andy said, have you? Have I? For goodness sake. Yes. My first impressions, though, of St. Petersburg are not as good as Moscow. I did make that. Only because it was a 10-minute walk to the <laughs> hotel from the station with your case. You can't write off. Sydney. <laughs> I did think so, but uh, there is a strange smell here, in the sort of sewage-like smell, which may have something to do with the I'm not noticed canals. That. Have you changed your underpants <laughs> since, you, since you've been yeah, here? Maybe it was just You me. want to look a bit closer at home, mate. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so, and we had breakfast this morning. That was good. Well, uh, I think most people do. Well, you know, breaking <laughs> news. Fantastic. And uh, we had a program idea for Quinton Wilson. Russia's worst breakfast. I think by the end of it, it's getting better. <laughs> It was they terrible. do good porridge. 
porridge was We've right. been quite taken with the porridge. They've got some very odd labels in the hotel. Uh, the, uh, the, the sign on the porridge, it says, oatmeal on the water. We all went, fire in the sky. It's great. Ian Gillen, he's a regular at the hotel. Uh, and the other thing, they've got, I tried it. It's, it's banana fritters, but they call it slip the banana, yes. which sounds like a euphemism. It's always it? a good thing to avoid. Yeah, I'd say. I think it, it is. You, you did you're popped to... out of the side. It's you one of those, to... isn't it? You did talk to us about the dangers of double toasting. They've got one of those oh, well. toaster things that goes round and round and round. And Andy put, Andy put your toast in, and it didn't even touch. I mean, it never even touched it. It was the bread came out slightly warmer than it went in. <laughs> it's still bread. But I told you of a situation I had in a, I think it was in Spain somewhere, where I, I did exactly that. I double toasted. I went through the machine again. They tell you never to do it because the first one came through like yours did. No, no discernible difference, just slightly warmer. The second one came out like bonanza. <laughs> And the, the, the guy wasn't happy with me. He said, don't put it through twice. But I tried to explain, but it came out black and on fire. Well, so how what... can you do one round like that? And then the second, uh, it, it just it, an inferno. But anyway, maybe that's something we'll dwell on uh, tomorrow after we reflect on England's victory. So, uh, when we realised we were moving from Moscow to St. Petersburg, yeah. rather than getting the, f the plane or the fast train, yeah. we quite liked the idea of getting an overnight sleeper train, didn't we? Well, we heard it's called the party train. This, yeah. this we're yet to find out. But uh, So, we're on our way now. We just got in the cab. He was playing the Russian version of the Laughing Policeman as we got in. <laughs> I think he's an ex-cop out of the way he's driving. Um, pursuit driver. And... Yeah. Uh, none of the seatbelts. No, so all being well, we will get on the train at <laughs> yeah, some point. That's the theory, so. anyway. Uh, I've, I've promised to keep you awake when I tell you ghost stories. <laughs> I ran the story past one of our uh, exec producers, Catherine. It frightened the life out of her. <laughs> really? And it's true, honestly. Yeah, yeah oh, it really God. freaked her out. <laughs> well, I didn't sleep at all last night, so okay, well, that's that'll it. really help. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's all to come. Um, yeah. See if we can get you a bag of plain crisps. That's the most Pop important to the buffet. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway. Have you got a weather report for along the journey? <laughs> no, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you any of that stuff. Anyway, uh, here we go. Well, uh... We've walked halfway to St. Petersburg, getting finding our carriage at the complete other end of the train. Yeah, we nearly died in the taxi as well on the way. <laughs> and we seem to be walking past lots of people who had like a little lounge area and a bed area. I know, I don't know what's but going on. But what we've here. got is a lounge cum bed area. Well, we haven't got any bedding. Basically, <laughs> basically, we've got a couple of pillows uh, and we're going to sleep on the seats, aren't we? Really? We have got fruit though. Yeah, we have got, got, we've got fruit and a couple of dry rolls and some water. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's that, honestly, it's first class. It's first First class all the way. We're looking at our executive booking officer now. I don't think there's no danger of Hercule Poirot turning up, <laughs> is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> It's uh, exactly yeah. your I mean, there we go. There we are. Uh, I, I do. I attempt to stretch it. I might have to put my feet out the window. Are these all pillows, or are they actually is there any duvet? What's in that? I don't know. Is that sort of an emergency? Could be a sheet. What's in that? Tell me what's in there. Oh, it's nice. Oh, it's nice. It's washed. What's that? It's a pair of slippers. He doesn't need slippers. You don't need sheets, John. You have to sleep in your clothes. It's hot. Okay, that's it. That's is it, it is you still recording? Yeah, yeah more okay. later. Yeah, more later.
quick update. Uh, so the executive producer, head of football, because he, you know, management, they spot things like this. He yeah. spotted a lever around the side of the bench seat. Yeah. We pull it down to uh, to reveal a, a, a very nice bed. I mean, it, it looks firm, I'll be honest. Yeah, but it's, it's like George Clark's amazing space. Yeah. Or if you press another lever and a bowling alley comes out. Yeah. It's tremendous. <laughs> and we've got an Olympic-sized swimming pool in here as well. <laughs> and in the morning we get breakfast. But I'll talk you through the breakfast uh, menu later. I'm, I think Andy's going to have butt wheat with mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll see that coming back. Anyway, yeah, so here we are. We're off. Yeah. And, uh, well, we're actually off. Well, we're not off. No, but <laughs> the aircon don't work. But uh, anyway, apart from that, we got fruit, we got dry rolls, we got chocolate, boys. Look, we've got a bottle of chocolate each. Yeah, and uh, bottles of water. And uh, I take it the buffet's about four miles away. <laughs> it's the longest train I've ever seen. For more. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually rather good. We uh, we bought the half bottle. We didn't get silly, did we? No. All things in moderation. It wasn't exactly cheap. No, it wasn't. No, we didn't. We're not spending more expensive than the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're not spending silly money. Obviously, you know. And we, we did turn down the caviar. We know. did, which I thought was good of us. Yeah, so we're not made of money. Yeah. <laughs> Big Alan wouldn't have done. Yeah, he'd have had a whole container. He of would have had a whole sturgeon <laughs> plopped in his carriage. Here we go then. I still love you. I still love you. Still I'm glad you broke the glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mm. Oh. <laughs> hey! Hello. <laughs> oh, baby. That's quite nice. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll come back to you when we finish the bottle. <laughs> right, now, uh, obviously we needed to ask a few questions when we got on the train, and we were after a, a, a drink, really, basically, let's be honest. Uh, Saturday night, and we're off duty. That's Sunday morning, well, <laughs> So I put it into the translator. Is there a bar where we can buy alcohol? Not a lot, but a few drinks. <laughs> I didn't want them to think we were Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Alan's banned from this train, <laughs> even though he's never been here. Have his picture on every phone. Not allowed. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, yeah. You don't want to come across as a you know, no. trouble, did you? No, no just football really. hooligan because yeah. you look your type. I do really. Now the thing is, we've we've, we've had a little bit of the vodka. They also brought some apple juice and some orange juice. Uh, for a screwdriver, as you said, John, there, but uh, I'm not sure you put apple while I wasn't looking at mine. very neat, don't you? Well, I did. <laughs> when we look back on this moment, when Andy's sleeping on a park bench, we'll look back on this moment when he stopped turning up for work and grew a beard. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Okay, so screwdrivers it is. So, yeah, chocolate is Cheers, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Half a bottle of vodka is now about well, what we got there. About, about an eighth. About an eighth of a bottle of vodka, and um, we've tried it with apple juice. We've tried it with orange juice. Andy's been saying that I prefer my meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's quite strong. This is, this is not a good sign, is it? No. Really, it's not really a good sign. Yeah, like you said, this could be the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> I, think, I think it could be. I mean, you're. You're, you're fairly bonkers when you're sober, so I mean, what's he going to be like? I don't, Andy, I don't know if I've ever, in all the years that I've known you, I don't know if I've ever really seen you come drunk. I'm, I'm drunk. I'm a man who controls himself. Really? <laughs> Except for my temper and everything yeah, else. Yeah. And 
Chelsea. I'm not sure we can do anything with this, but it's just it's like a, it's rambling, really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They've laid on quite a spread here in the carriage. That's one way of putting it. Uh, you've got a bar of chocolate. Yeah, it's not which bad. Is, it's not quite uh, not as good bad, as my it's chocolate. It's a but. special <clears throat> limited edition railway chocolate with a picture on a train on it. It's quite yeah. nice. And there are four rolls. Yeah. Um, there's no butter, spongy. jam or anything. Basically, it's just four rolls, four dry rolls. I like a dry roll, mate. I can't think at which point overnight, maybe about three or four in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> about three or four I vodkas. Bet, I bet you go for one. I really fancy that as a nice dry roll. <laughs> at what point do you get the munchies that bad? And of course so, we have got the, we mentioned it earlier, the plate of fruit. Yeah. yeah, the apple, as John noted, uh, it's, it's quite brown, isn't it? fairly brown, really. Yeah, there's three grapes, four slices of orange and about six slices of brown apple. So, and it's under cellophane wrapping. It's, um, yeah. I was going to go in, but I, I've been put off. <laughs> I've been put off by the sight of it, first off. So, um, well, I tell you what, once again, uh, as a big... Yeah, yeah. Staff are lovely, aren't they? Well, the they guy are. who came round, who's, who's sort of waiting on, lovely fella, Tremendous, and yeah. uh, the lady who's, uh, who's at the front of the carriage showing us in. Yeah. A lovely lady. She was very nice, and I, I used the translator, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, yeah, yeah, she seemed to... She got quite into actually speaking into it and yeah. sort of telling us that we've got porridge in the morning at 7.30. I can't hardly wait. The people, actually, have... <laughs> Really solid, aren't they? Yeah, I've been they are. most yes. impressed, really. Okay. I'm just saying that uh, to entertain us and while away the hours as we travel through the Russian night. Yeah, you've chosen some <laughs> odd things to play us. I've got some old John Arlott, that's marvellous. Yeah. And uh, Henry Cooper doing Billy Goat's Gruff. Yeah. Do you want to play a little bit of that to the boys and girls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to give us a flavour of what we yeah, just had sort of a whole ten minutes. Press play. Press play. Press play. Press play. Frightened across the bridge, but they long to eat some of that lovely green grass on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The grass is the amateur grass. <laughs> I said, to try and imagine Anthony Joshua doing this. I imagine him getting a phone call from Eddie Hearn saying, Yeah, Anthony, can you come in and do a reading of Billy Goat's Gruff? Because obviously that's the expectation when you're the world heavyweight champion. <coughs> it does seem certainly unlikely. Yeah, to but be um, uh, our producer, John, has just said, You don't realise we're going across rural Russia listening to Henry Cooper reading the Billy Goat's Gruff. I did play a bit of John Arlott. His oh, yes, well, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Very <laughs> much in keeping with what you're going to cricket. So, uh, I did promise you that I would tell Annie a ghost story, and uh, I've got one for you. Okay. As far as I know, this is true. This comes from a very reliable source, a person who's not a fantasist. And uh, it was uh, somebody my mum knew. It was uh, her son, and he worked. He worked for what they used to call in the old days the gas board, which of course <laughs> changed. And he just put a kind of torch under my chin to in- accentuate accentuate the nature of the story. So, working for the gas board, they were called out to do a service on a boiler, and uh, they knocked on the door of a house and uh, couldn't get an answer, and suddenly. 
from uh, the top window in the house. An old lady said, they're not here, they're at the funeral. And they said, okay, no problem, love. Uh, we'll uh, make another appointment. And sure enough, they went back uh, and they called again and made another appointment and went back about three weeks later. And uh, they said, well, sorry we missed you the other week, but um, we understand you were at the funeral. And the couple whose house it was said, well, how, how do you know that? They said, well, the old lady upstairs shouted down to us. And the couple looked at each other and said, that's who we were burying. It's quite spooky, I have to say. All right. Yeah, what was their You're name? You're not going to sleep now. <laughs> no, not really. You're not going to sleep. Not really. I don't know. What do you mean, I, what was their name? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's not the way ghost I, stories I end. Didn't, I didn't know, so I couldn't care less, <laughs> basically. <laughs> don't, be, don't mean to be heartless. But explain that, Andy. Explain that now. Well, presumably the, the ghost of the woman was at the window. Well, that's not an explanation. <laughs> presumably the... Tell me what happened. Presumably the ghost of the woman was at the window. She shouted down. Is that a rational explanation? Yeah, well, you know, if you believe in poltergeists... That's Ian, not a poltergeist, Ian Poltergeist. <laughs> Welcome back to the train uh, after, uh, I'd say, a broken night's kip. I mean, we, we sort of get heads down about half two, didn't we? Lightweight. And then um, it's now, what, woke up about quarter seven. Um, obviously, you're on a train, so as other trains go past, it does tend to wake you up with a start. And it's a touch bumpy, but, uh, you know, got a bit of kip. Yeah, also it tends to wake you up when the curtain rail collapses yeah. and the curtain oh, end up. Well, I went. I went to pull the curtains, but they're basically on. They're on a bamboo pole, so I pulled them and I pulled them down. But I've got previous for that all over the world. It's very much a party piece of mine. But oh, heavy head. Bamboo hand. pole. <laughs> you like that? As long as you don't finish the song, you like that. Um, <laughs> so breakfast. Yeah, breakfast arrived. It's a, a kind of vanilla filled croissant called Seven Days. Andy thinks that's how long it lasts in the packaging. Yep. Um, a nice plain yoghurt, there's nothing wrong with that. That wasn't a bad experience, was it? The thing about it is, I mean, it was billed as the party train, and I'd say apart from us who have a bit of a laugh, it wasn't really a party train. There may be a, some sensational party going on at the other end of the train, but we couldn't have been bothered to... It's a very long train, it's about a mile long, as it felt like that anyway. It's a very long train, so I mean, you're gonna, if you're going to walk a mile find out there's no party anywhere, it just seemed to be basically full of tourists, didn't it, really? So, uh, anyway, um, what an experience. And I've never slept on a train before. You had, hadn't you? Yeah, you Scotland. This was relatively comfortable. We had a very enjoyable. Not too bad. Well done, everybody. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs, live from St. Petersburg, England, uh, start their campaign tonight. And we'll be building up to that a little bit later on. But joining us now uh, in the pub here in St. Petersburg, a man we often turn to on Russian matters back home. It's lovely to meet him in the flesh yeah. from Russia today, Alexei Yaroshevsky. Alexei, good to see you. Likewise. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. And it was great that Russia made uh, such a fantastic start. I mean, they're still the high scorers in the competition. Um, and I'm sure that's given everybody a lift because there was a quite a lot of trepidation before that game that, that Russia were going to be quite bad in this tournament. Oh, the criticism was uh, heavy. Some of it was definitely justified, uh, particularly because in the final friendly before the start of the World Cup against Turkey, the head coach decided to experiment again. We didn't see the best 11 that we mm. were supposed to see. Um, so, yeah, the press was all over them. They were saying, uh, some were even going as far as saying this is the worst Russian team ever that there's no chances of qualifying or even beating Saudi Arabia. But we saw 5-0. Um, but let, let's be honest. I was at the game. I watched the game. I mm. can't say that it was a high-quality game. No. It's just that Russians were a little more clinical. And there are tougher tests to come, obviously. We're, we're, we're in the stadium tomorrow night for the game against Egypt. That's going to be tougher. Yeah, but Egypt under a lot of pressure. Yeah, they now, are. They need it? to get a result. They're going to have to go for it, which will open things up for Russia, I think. Russia get a draw. They're in a good position because... Uh, and the know, goal difference as well. Goal difference. So. And uh, Salah, you know, there's still doubts about him. He didn't come on against Uruguay. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow night. It should be a tremendous atmosphere. Absolutely. That's why I'm here for. And... Um, I just hope that the players managed to, um, you know, alleviate that pressure. There was a lot of pressure on them ahead of the Saudi Arabia game because literally there was no chance to fail. Not only the whole nation on their back, both positively and negatively, supporting them and criticizing them. Again, it's the opener. It's the domestic World Cup. They did great. They got five goals in. Uh, some particular individual player performances were very, very good. Um, but tomorrow it's a different game, obviously. It's Egypt under a lot of pressure with a number of players playing in the really good tournaments, mm. uh, really good championships. Uh, <coughs> El Ghazi in West Brom. Yes, relegated, but he's still yeah. a solid yeah. player. And obviously, <coughs> Mohamed Salah, mm. the, one of the best players in the world at the moment. Will he play, though, Alexia? I think we're all mm. wondering. I mean, he, he, it was kind of too late to, to bring him. With five minutes, they could have given him five minutes, but they clearly thought there were bigger, bigger battles to fight. Since you'll see him at some point tomorrow night. If we... Just think for a second what kind of personality Momo Salah is. He is very bent on um, succeeding, yeah. on, on getting those goals. And <clears throat> national team to him is very important. So I don't think uh, there's any chance that he will be on the bench. Right. I think he will be this in the starting lineup. Um, all over the news that he's been declared fit for that game. There were little doubts about the Uruguay game and 
to be honest, we never expected him to show up at that game. But uh, tomorrow, it's high-stakes game. Egypt has a lot to lose, obviously. And they, they will be pushing forward. And, you know, the only way I can see that this may go Russia's way is if there is some calamity on the side of Egypt, like a red card or an injury or anything like that. But other than that, I think... <laughs> As, as much as optimistic as I can be, I think Egypt will have an easy game. Really? Because, I mean, yep. let's face it, that it really is the battle for second place, given you, you feel Uruguay will win the group now. So, you know, it, it, I'm surprised you say that. But, oh, and, and, go on, I was, was going to say, say about the mood in the cities. You, we don't know any different, really. We're only here in December, and again, there was a FIFA event. Are you sensing, does it feel a little bit different in St. Petersburg and Moscow, where you're from at the moment? You mean atmosphere-wise? Yeah. Oh, definitely. The vibe is a little... Uh, Different. I mean, St. Petersburg is the kind of city where you would always go in the summer and you would always see hordes of tourists and, and people. It's pretty much the same way, but you can sense that football is here. So people are walking in scarves and, and jerseys, and mm. that's obviously great. The plane that I took this morning was full of Egypt fans, you know, the colorful Egypt hats. So yeah. definitely uh, an atmosphere to remember. But the big question, of course, is whether... Uh, the supporters of the Russian national team will show up in numbers tomorrow and more importantly whether they will be cheering on the team in the stadium because frankly I was a little disappointed at Luzhniki at the opening game oh. it didn't sound like um, anything I witnessed over the past couple of days Argentina Iceland mm. tremendous atmosphere Mexico <laughs> yeah. Germany yesterday my god that's yeah, but the you loudest can't compare you I mean South American football fans are the loudest the most passionate they put everybody to shame in that sense yeah, yeah, so you're never going to match them what's interesting though you mentioned the pressure that Russia are under but every team big team Brazil Germany Argentina all under massive pressure and really didn't perform, you know, so... Not to their standards. Not to their no. standards. And, of course, in England, we always put our team under pressure. I think this is a... You know, you tend to think your own team is the only team that has massive expectations, but these other teams... I mean, playing for Brazil is not easy. It's a massive country, and they all want to win. You Neymar know, showed that a bit last yeah. night. He was trying to do it on his own at times, wasn't he? Well, well yeah, I mean, uh, just to add up to your point, I think every team in this tournament, in any World <laughs> Cup, is automatically under pressure because they always have people behind their backs and you know they're, they're always urging them forward in the case of Russia it's obviously next level because it's domestic World Cup and maybe to a certain extent the fact that they won the first game 5-0 adds even more pressure on them uh, I've heard a lot of notions coming from friends and, and experts alike that um, don't be fooled guys okay Russia won 5-0 it was still a relatively low quality game in terms of actual footballing quality and the biggest test right now is Egypt if Russia has to get anything from that game that's where we can actually celebrate. Yeah. But let's not be fooled by the 5-0. That's, sure. that's the notion. Yeah. No, no, but i tell you what is also nice being around is that every, uh, every bar and restaurant have the games on in a TV, don't they? So yeah. wherever you go, it's there. it feels like a World Cup, which you must be pleased with too. Oh, absolutely. Um, the three days running into the World Cup before the opener, uh, Moscow flooded with fans uh, from all over the world. I sat at the Red Square, and you can see a pocket of Iranian fans, a pocket of Argentinians, Peruvians. Mm. It's a massive party atmosphere, and um, everyone is saying that we haven't experienced anything like that. And the big question whether we will experience something like that again. So despite some Moscovites, and I'm sure there are people like that in St. Petersburg as well, who would be grumpy about the traffic jams and mm. you know the flow of people. Of course. The, the, the overall notion, the overall sentiment is that guys enjoy the moment. This is the month of happiness. This is the month of jubilation in the streets. Now, uh, tonight, I think all eyes will be on, on Volgograd and, and, and the England-Tunisia game. Sadly, off the pitch, because we had the incident in Marseille, and an awful lot of the build-up, as you'll know, Alexi, before this tournament, um, was a, 
about the threat of violence towards England fans and uh, an ambush sort of thing we saw in the Euros. You sense at the moment, although we're not in that city, that that's not going to happen. What, what's your feeling? I'm absolutely convinced that this is not going to happen. Um, not only because of um, continuous collaboration between the police and the special forces of both countries, studying the tactics of hooligans. I mean, obviously there are hooligans in Russia, obviously there are hooligans in England. Uh, the incident in Marseille, to my mind, and I spent a lot of time researching and investigating that on closed-off Russian hooligan forums, uh, reading what the people were telling about how things went down, I would say a lot of what happened in Marseille happened because the police in Marseille let that happen. This will not be the case in Russia. If just any minor um, you know, evidence of uh, trouble uh, is seen by the police, it will be immediately stopped. And uh, frankly, I'm really happy to uh, see a lot of comments on Twitter from traveling English fans saying that we had been told by this and that, by BBC or anywhere else, not to go and there's going to be violence. But we're seeing friendly city. Mm, yeah. Let's wait and see whether that's the case. I hope there's so. Three games at least for England. That's Nizhny Novgorod and Kaliningrad. I mean, both cities are very well equipped to handle um, big numbers of fans, and we'll see where, whether everything will be peaceful. But I hope it is. And we've seen sure two uh, standout games really were Germany, Mexico yesterday, which was fantastic, and and also the Portugal, Spain, which was very high quality with lots of goals. That's been the pick. We just hope we can get more and more games like that. Hopefully. Yeah. Everyone has been saying that this is probably the best World Cup in, in ages so far, and it's only, what, fourth day? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Portugal game in, in Sochi was tremendous. And uh, I went to the Mexico game yesterday. Mm. Not even the game itself. It was beautiful. I mean, it was very high tempo, very, very intense. But the atmosphere inside and around, uh, Mexicans were outnumbering the Germans, I think, three to one. Wow. Um, a lot of Mexicans still searching for a ticket outside. 79,000 crowd in the stadium. And, you know, you just feel it's a, it's a big, big festivity. And you almost want to support Mexico in that case. Yeah. Because you know that if they lose, it's not going to be a party. But they won. And I've seen pictures from last night in central Moscow. Big party. Yeah. Well, oh, we're gonna hear, we, we were right behind Mexico. We, well, yeah, they were surprised. <laughs> we're going to hear from some Mexican fans who were in the stadium last night and hear what went on at the final whistle as well. Alexi, lovely to meet you. Uh, thank you very much for Thanks. joining us. And uh, we will catch up with you soon. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Hopefully, we'll, we'll speak before the end of the World Cup. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Yeah, now, I hope you like the uh, train journey feature. Basically, H&J get hammered in Russia. Well, I thought the vodka made me sound like Steve Hartley. You, did get, you did get incredibly <laughs> giggly, Andy, which was, uh, which was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. I think. We've noticed over here, though, that all the Russian commentators sound a bit like Motti. And, well... Uh, one of them does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all do. David, David, our executive producer, said, do they all wear bearskin coats? That's a nice observation. look. <laughs> We've had, uh, we were talking earlier on about uh, Andy at breakfast today, trying to run it, doing the second pass with the toast, the toast machine. Mm. We've all seen these in hotels. Yeah. And they don't quite work, but you're told not to go in again. Mm. It, it's quite dangerous to go in again, and they tell you not to for a reason. I set light to a load of toast. As I said earlier on, once back over in Spain. But you did go in again, Andy, and put it through, and it yeah. didn't make any difference. No. Uh, John's been in touch. Uh, John Oliver, not that one. Yeah. Uh, he says, I hope you don't mind me sharing my hotel toaster story. Got up early and was <laughs> no one at the toaster in a hotel. Had a great idea of putting cheese on the toast. 
Uh, as, of course, it got carried along the carousel, the cheese heated up, splattered uh, all over the toasting machine, and I did a runner. Okay. <laughs> of course, because it's on a, a sort of... On a loop, yeah. On a loop, so of course... It, so then it, it would have turned, the... it just would have laid in the crumbs. You didn't think it through, John. Sat at the table, watching staff chip burnt cheese off a toaster, swearing at each other. <laughs> then they put up a sign in 10 languages saying, never put cheese on toast. Well, not on that machine, anyway. John, thank you very much. The, uh, for talking of cheese, actually, one of the strangest sights we've had here was uh, we met a man yeah. with a plastic cheese hat and cheese tie. A cheese tie. I mean, actually, imagine a trilby made of plastic cheese yeah. and a well, tie. I know it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It was a and top hat. It wasn't it was a trilby. Top. No, was it? It was a top hat. hat. It was a cheese top hat. It was a cheese top hat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Does uh, Martin Ellis Jones know about this cheesy <laughs> top hat? And a, but then you went up to him because you thought he looks like a uh, yeah. self-styled comedy character. I thought, He'll want to have his photo taken. Yeah. I'll tweet that out. And he just, I spooked him. And he, he just basically said, No, no, no. Well, yes, well done. Huh? Yeah. I could have been there. He was back there with him. It was like and Jim Brakes, <laughs> wasn't he? Oh, no, 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 no. He ran off, though, he did. didn't he? But he still found time as he ran away to give me his promotional leaflet for, yeah. unsurprisingly, cheese. He sells cheese in the street. <laughs> it's an interesting line of work, but he almost doesn't want you to know it. <laughs> no. And uh, I've got a photo of him. I, I'll put, we'll put it on TSH and J yeah. in case. Well, I've got a photo of him running away from me, basically. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't see his tie. At least we'll establish whether it was a cheese top <laughs> yeah, hat or a cheese a very trilby. Good, very good point. And uh, John, our producer, producer at one point got anointed by a pigeon which we thought was oh that was well it does yeah he was uh, yeah he was defecated on he was he was guanoed guanoed uh, in yeah. in moscow just before he left and he was wearing a pristine white t-shirt as yes. well as his fantasy island look on the day <laughs> quite and nice. Um, but it does mean talk. This is great news for Charlie Baker and uh, and uh, Jim Proudfoot and all the Torquay fans because it's supposed to be good luck, isn't it? We're, uh, we were told by the Mexican fans it's seen in Mexico as good luck. So Torquay straight back up into the conference, John. This is it. May be the best thing you've ever done for your club. It could we, be. We decided and get carried away. Well, no. Basically, we just, you'd have to. It'd be like the birds, mate. Just sit under. A, you'd have to sit in Trafalgar Square for six months from getting to the Champions League. <laughs> but the. Talkie have played quite a big part in the holiday so far. And it's not well, a holiday, Andy. Andy. You're well, working. You, well, we are working, but it's fun. And we were watching Iceland, and we decided mm. that Torquay need to adopt their tactics. Because that big way, bombing, long throws into the box, very direct. Very, very solid. Yeah. And, you know, two banks of five, if that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two banks of five. Oh, uh, Dreadful you didn't like Ireland. They really are. Actually, do you, do you want to reflect on that game? Because yeah. we, we uh, look, if we can't get to the stadiums, we'll be in some of the stadiums. And oh, of course, we're not in the cities. That makes it quite difficult. So we try and make it a relevant place to yeah. uh, watch the game. So with Argentina, Iceland, couldn't find any Icelandic restaurants in Moscow, try as we might. But we did find an Argentinian steakhouse, uh, which was full of Argentinian fans. Mm. And uh, this is how it all unfolded on Saturday afternoon in Moscow. So it's Argentina, Iceland, Saturday afternoon, and uh, we're not in the stadium, but we've got the next best thing. We're in an Argentinian steakhouse uh, with big screen. It's fair, even to the point where I went to the loo just now, yeah. and the toilet is light blue, black, and white. Well, not on the inside. No, the seat, the seat, and the top of the cistern, light blue. So everything's in Argentinian colours. They're properly gone for it. That's very nice, isn't it? We just had a lovely steak lunch. It was very good. It was good. A bit of an unnecessary hot plate that we didn't really know what it was for, but it <laughs> boiled us up. But we are ready. There's quite a crowd here. I think it's, it was still about 25 minutes away from kickoff. Uh, plenty of screens, and we're hoping for a really great atmosphere yeah. here at the Navarro 
restaurant. Stadium. Uh, it's um, it's quite a partisan crowd. There's, I'm not not many Icelandic fans in anyway. No, uh, not really surprising, is it? Really? <laughs> They're more of the Reykjavik steakhouse down the road. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we nearly had a, a riot here in the Argentinian restaurant when the uh, gaffer of the pub put on a repeat of Portugal versus Spain by mistake. We saw Ronaldo in the tunnel and we suddenly realised where's the game and suddenly the crowd went mad. But fortunately he's restored the picture so we're ready to go. We are, yeah, and uh, atmosphere uh, hotting up nicely of all these Argentinian fans in here. Sherado and now from long range, Rojo, Aguero will be able to pick up. Mid shooting the goal, it's a brilliant finish. Sergio Aguero gives Argentina the lead. Well, there we are. Uh, Sergio Aguero 1-0. Quite a good yeah. atmosphere in oh, here. Oh, it's great. The, the, the place exploded. There's no, uh, there's no Icelandic fans in here at all. No, there are none. No, it's an, look, it's an Argent, you wouldn't come to an Argentinian steakhouse to watch Iceland, would you? Really? Not really, no. no. But what a cracking goal, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a really good start of the game. Very enjoyable start of the game, isn't it? Yeah, as, as long as Iceland can keep 11 people on the pitch. A bit physical, aren't they? They are. But you also think they've had a couple of half chances. And you look at Argentina's defence and you think a decent side would get them. Definitely. Here we are, one new Argentina. Guilfi Sigurdsson, low ball in, oh! and he put it to the net by Finn Morrison. They're back on level terms. Iceland have equalised. The equalizer. It certainly has. The old stakes turned a little bit. Um, but again, as we were just saying, Argentina looked just so ropey at the back. They looked wide open at the back. Well, Caballero, you know, he's not an international keeper. He just isn't. You know, so uh, made a mistake in the lead up there, and uh, yeah, it's all gone a bit quiet. But it's early days yet. It is. Yeah. One-one. They're living a bit of a charm life, aren't they, uh, Argentina? Argentina. Argentina. Sorry about that. Well, yes, but the main exciting news here at halftime is we're about to order the dolce de leche pancakes. That's the breaking news. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they look a bit sus at the back, don't they, Argentina? You kind of worry about them as the competition goes on. Well, not many people will be worried about no, the back no, home no. inning, let's be honest. No, we probably... I say worried. <laughs> Within the context of being in a room full of Argentinians, I'm slightly worried on their behalf, but... Once I've left this place, I won't care. Back for Messi. Messi lofted left footed ball inside the penalty area. Was there a shot by Magnussen? Yes, there was. Penalty to Argentina. No. I think this place is ready to explode, so hopefully we'll. When he's playing his yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll get this moment for. Here we go. That familiar left footed approach, and it is saved by the diving Haraldson. Foul boxed him. It was Caballero in goal as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> oh well, still 1 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. Good stop by the keeper. Making it hard for themselves, Argentina. Yeah, terrible penalty. It wasn't great. Don't keep your distance. So there we are. Miserable Argentinian fans all sitting there crestfallen at the end of the game. Yes, what a And you shame. may have heard tinsel the turkey there after the penalty. He sort of. <laughs> Honked. He does a good goose impression well, when he's he had, had that on his beers. coupon. Yeah, I think he did. Well, he's coming up later. Yeah, we'll hear from him. He's got a scouting yeah. report on Tunisia, and it's you know it's it's in depth. So that's all to come. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs uh, live from St Petersburg, head of England's first game. Now, it's it's great fun being out here, of course, but 
you do realise you're kind of missing the view of what's going on back home, getting a feel for the zeitgeist. Yeah. Can I use well, that word zeitgeist? zeitgeist? And so much of social media centres on how it's being covered. Yeah. And of course, we don't get to see that. So we, we thought don't. we needed a correspondent. We did back need home. someone who could keep an eye on things uh, back home, and hold who up better? our end. Who better? Who better? Well, there are several people, <laughs> but none of them were available at this time of day. I could list them now. I think that would be unfair. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, it's always good to hear from uh, ball runner, comedy store player, Farnborough fan, cheese chair. Uh, yeah. England fan, uh, mascot for the Iranian football team. Uh, he was in Brazil. He's not been able to make it to Russia, of course. It's no. Andy Smart. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon. So, uh, yeah, well, maybe we should start with your adopted nation because you and Nick Hancock many years ago made a fine documentary with Iran. And in Brazil, many of the players remembered you and you caught up with them and the yeah, management yeah. team. So, uh, yeah, what did you make of the first game? You must have been very pleased. It, I was very pleased, although I had back nil-nil. And, uh, ah. <laughs> so not that pleased. You won't be invited back then, will you? No, <laughs> no but it was, during that World Cup in France was fantastic. I mean, and it was, it was a real sort of... Uh, a holiday affair with the the, <laughs> the the fans from Iran, but um, we were there for the Tunisia game, and and I went to the Tunisia game with Nick Hancock, uh, Caroline Quentin, and Maria McCurlane. Right. So there you go. That was <laughs> <laughs> Caroline does like a free holiday on uh, ITV. Did she make? She didn't make that around. That would have, they would have definitely <laughs> slack, uh, snapped that up, wouldn't they? So what is the mood, Andy? Assessing the mood of uh, the people in the streets there in uh, in London ahead of the game. Like, you feel a sense of confidence before England play or not? Yeah, yeah. I think it, everyone's well. Everyone just wants to get that first match done and over with, don't don't they? Really? It's. Uh, I mean, I haven't missed a, a minute of it so far. I've, I've watched every game, and it's. Just, it's sort of. Uh, it feels like it's leading up to this England game. It's perfect. What's been the worst, Andy? Which one did you start suddenly looking at Twitter? Has there one been one uh, game? The Nigeria the game, I think. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a stunner, was it? No, Andy? we we watched that one. But then the Croatia have got a, you know a really good chance now. It's, I mean, it's, with with so many big teams not getting the results, it's it's really opening up. It could be a really open World Cup this time. Uh, Paul mentioned Twitter there, and uh, the, oh, we've noticed that the, what I call the perils of in-game tweeting. Yeah, oh, yeah, so you know yeah. this thing where people go, uh, Guillaume Balaguer is a real fine judge of football. He's a great bloke. But like, yesterday, after about 10 minutes of the Brazilian game, he went, well, there's no question Brazil are going to win the World Cup. You know, <laughs> hang on a minute. Well, he may still well be right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Moose was even tweeting, saying Germany definitely going to score. They always do. And yeah. we know, obviously, the sentiment was there. But for once, he was wrong. So there's always a bit of a danger getting a bit carried away, isn't there, on social media when the game's still on. We, we did feel that uh, Peru were, were great to watch. I'm sure you agree, Andy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They had several diving header opportunities and we know if Ron Davis had been playing for yeah. Peru, they would have won 3-1. <laughs> they, they it's really a shame put, he's not Peruvian. They weren't putting their face in, into danger, which no, uh, no. I don't know why, but there was a couple of opportunities <laughs> when, when they, had the, they had the chance <laughs> to, to make the difference and didn't. But I thought, yeah, they play some great football. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you've, uh, got to, you've got to feel for the lad who missed the penalty. <laughs> no, I, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a terrible pen. I'm sure Spencer Day's looking to sign in for farm yeah, of <laughs> now you've travelled all over the world with your comedy team and yeah. improv and all that have you been to Russia before? no I've never been I've, I've always wanted to go I've always wanted to do the Trans-Siberian Express and go right across into Siberia and down into Vladivostok but uh, oh. 
No, um, it's a shame. Yeah, I it's, it's a shame. I can't believe you're not here. Really. I know. I, we've I know. never done an OB, let alone in anywhere without you. It seems really strange. It does seem very odd. But uh, I, funnily enough, there is a comedy club uh, here oh, in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I'm doing an improv set there tonight. Oh, wow. Because you no, know that, how good I am at Yeah, he's, he's done it with you. Do they know who Roy Hodgson is? Do they know who? Yeah. Well, Imagine. good evening, everybody. Very, very welcome. Yeah. Doing his Roy Hodgson. And he's, uh, then who else do you do? Imagine you could do like... And that guy says... We have a top impressionist from London. Please welcome Andy Jacobs. And he comes on. Big it's room, about a thousand you people. Know, very, very good to see you all. You know, Mr. Kipling's pretty similar. Yeah, it's just it, four impressions that all sound the same. And you get gonged off. Hello and good afternoon. Yeah, John Arlott. And the crowd. The John Arlott Appreciation big, yeah. Society oh, here in he, Russia. He was really big in Russia, yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to do that. When you'd have to think that the Aiden J. Harvey approach. we say, well, who's this who's just joined me uh, in the room? Why, it's John Arlott. Yeah. The former cricket commentator. <laughs> Not likely, really. <laughs> but uh, no, I was walking through the VIP uh, yeah. section. Who of did the I happen <laughs> upon? <laughs> but Mr. Kipling, a man who never existed. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Talking of cakes. And uh, we, we've, uh, we have noticed that. I'm, I'm not sure if I should say, it. well, should I or not? No, I, I, self-censor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just self Let me Tell me what you're going to say in, in the next <laughs> five minutes and I'll tell you not to say it. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what else? Have you heard Because you are lethal, mate. You are true. lethal in this we environment. We did spot a coffee. You have the sensibilities of man who, who grew up in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> That's very true. So I'm always slightly worried when if I you say, well, mem- I'm not sure I should say I this. I've some of the almost. memorandums that have come out since yeah. then. Yeah. 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 yeah, that one passed him by. Yeah. Can true. I see you for five minutes in my office, Andy? Yeah. The, um, the uh, coffee museum looks very interesting, which is fascinating because the coffee here is basically disgusting. <laughs> that, that wasn't what I was going to yeah. say. They've got the St. Petersburg uh, Coffee Museum. Oh, the yeah. thing is, they often have short... We've noticed before, they, certainly more in Moscow, but yeah. they give you a menu uh, in a restaurant yeah. and you, you pour over it for t- 10 minutes. You choose what you want. They say, no, 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 no more. <laughs> let's, so, let's get it back. And so in the end... In the end... Um, they you tell end you up what you're having. Yeah. You, yeah, they tell you what you're having. Although last night we went last to this place, Tokyo City. Oh, uh, yeah. This place is called tremendous. But uh, we thought it just did a little bit of chip, fancy a little bit of sushi, something a bit yeah, lighter. Yeah, yeah. We had enough burgers and chips, so um, yeah, <laughs> it was. It did every possible cuisine, oh, didn't right. it, Andy? It's about making coffee now. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's going to make you a good one. He's going to bring me a lovely cup Actually, of coffee. It, we'll um, have a we'll have a couple of coffees, Dave. I think we'll see if it's any good. You'll find a good one. I'm going to be forced to say. This is the finest <laughs> coffee I've ever had. But anyway, yeah, this well, menu was, it was, like, it was a magazine. Co- it was like a 64-page magazine. Yeah, yeah. So our producer had uh, sushi followed by basically vegetable hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. They, but they, it was very good. It was incredibly cheap oh, and very so good. Cheap. And it was packed. So if you're in St. Petersburg, yeah. they got a little chain, a little advert for the good people at Tokyo City. I don't think they were down to advertise officially on the station. <laughs> but we do recommend it. Yeah, they're one of decent, our World Cup partners. Decent, cheap. Food is uh, that where, yes. is that where all the coffee growers from St Petersburg go then? I think well, it, could, it could be. It could be. <laughs> Why so, have they yeah, got a coffee museum there? Are we lined up? We're going to line up a couple really. of espressos for the boys <laughs> oh, then, and, uh, and we'll see, no see if this stuff's there, any good. Uh, there is a museum that I think you'd be interested in, Andy. It's yeah. oh, the, yeah. sort of the communist life under the communist regime. Oh, I right. think it's got a snappier title. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's, really it's so it's called the Soviet Life Museum. It's a kind of insight into what life was like. 
uh, back in the 60s yeah, yeah, and yeah. 70s where, yeah. when Andy was a kid and he could say whatever he liked <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> so, And we also, and I know you're, yeah. you're one of these guys who will eat anything, but we did decline <laughs> some very strange-looking street food yesterday from what a woman it? who was trying to push what? it. I didn't see it. What was it? Shashlik. Oh, the, oh, that's the, all right. That's, yeah, that's, that's a kebab, yeah. isn't it? That's, what was oh, wrong really? with it, John? Oh, it looked like a sausage roll, apparently. That's not what it is in our local Indian <laughs> restaurant. It's sort of, it's all veg and meat on skewers, but yeah, it yeah, takes, yeah. Oh, clearly well, wasn't that. We did feel it was the uh, Prince from That's Life, his favourite snack. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, that's true, yeah, Prince from That's Life. Yeah. I can't believe I'm doing that in St. Petersburg. I can't barely believe I do it in London. <laughs> and we did mention the Cockney entrepreneur who's made a fortune out here, Igor Blimey. Yeah, he's, been, he's, bringing, he's, over, got, he's bringing Chaz and he's, Dave over. He's got quite a lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've been translating Chaz and Dave songs into our translator and playing them. They they go down well in Russia. <laughs> they, they, could, they could see they could turn their. What was more the rabbit than Sainsbury's? You had that one. Joe. The producer will find more rabbit than Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah. Well, what Gertrude is? Imagine Gertrude in Russian is Gertrude. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I'd imagine it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the pro- okay. Shall I just throw? Here we go. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Sainsbury. Why don't you get it off your chest? There we are. That, that that would work. So Andy Smart is with us, ball runner, comedy store player. I was getting a bit of a feel for the mood back home. Well, that's nominally what this whole bit is about. But let's yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't really. Well, it's my we birthday won. on Saturday, so I don't remember much about the. Oh, okay. I saw all. I saw oh, you didn't all tell us that ga- when we booked you. I saw all four games though. Well, right. that's, yeah. well you saw them with a hand over one eye. <laughs> what do you make of the uh, TV coverage so far? Who's who's having a good World Cup back home? Well. I'm terribly biased towards the BBC. The ITV studio and some of the pundits are really starting to annoy me. So I'm, okay. I'm quite happy with the beeb. Oh, OK. okay. Fair enough. Well, we'll, we'll let it go. Yeah. Listen to it on TalkSport if you've got any sense, Andy. If you exactly. want to come back next week. So, <laughs> The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, um, Tinsel, you want to know what the score is? You've heard from Steve Freeth and he's given you the odds. But uh, are they correct? Because only one... I was going to say one man. He's a turkey. Yeah. Tinsel the turkey. We use a predictive animal. They had a, a husky on the stage last night at FanFest, and they did the old two bowls of food. Anybody can do that with an yeah, animal. That's rubbish. But um, he's been watching quite a lot of games as Tinsel, mm. uh, quite a lot of technical stuff. He he's brings like the Ted Knutson from Stats He bomb. is. He's like Stats Bomb. Um, let's get the latest on Tunisia then. Uh, Tinsel, good morning. Sounds lively today. Yeah, he? he also enjoyed the Mexico game, as yeah, he was just saying. He was really surprised just how open Germany were. His voice is a bit higher than last it week. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, you've been, I know that basically uh, your brother, Crimble, is the real African football expert. We couldn't get him on, though, no? Crimble. Why was that? Somebody ate him last Christmas. Oh, that's a tragic. Shame, isn't it? Anyway, on to, on to Tunisia. Um, it's a tough one today, isn't it? I mean, are they going to play... Uh, with Kaz, uh, Kaz is a false nine, or Knessi, you think, is the genuine centre-forward, the, the out-and-out striker? <laughs> OK, well, he, he thinks they're going to play that kind of false nine role yeah, and be a, you know, a bit more... It never really works for me, that. Yeah. Um, uh, the manager tends to use a kind of solid 4-3-2-1, uh, three-holding, two playmakers. Is that what you're expecting? Yes. Well, yeah, I think I think we he's drawn yes. it up on his tactics. He said board. yes. Clearly. So let's give us a score then, Tinsel. How are we seeing this one? <laughs> wow, three 0 England. That's very <laughs> bullish, isn't it? Yeah, very optimistic. Kane two, Sterling one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tinsel, top man. Uh, enjoy the game wherever you're watching it. I know. You, I know you are. A, <laughs> I know you are a, a FIFA observer, so you'll be watching it with all the blazers. But enjoy. <laughs> I'd like to see a turkey in a blazer. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Well, there we are. That was the uh, this afternoon's show. Um, we're back from uh, St. Petersburg once again, reflecting on England. Hopefully, some uh, good news, very positive vibes. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure Tinsel's right. 3 0 is a bit optimistic. Well, you know, he knows his stuff. He's put the work in, so we'll see. So, until then, enjoy all the football. Keep it Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2 for all the games. And we will catch up with you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.